With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, and joining me uh, via phone is Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm great, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing well, and of course, we're recording this because uh, we find out this morning uh, via Twitter that Josh Gordon is not going to be at training camp uh, for the Browns to start training camp for the Browns. Now, uh, there's there's a lot to talk about this, and you can probably hear my dog in the background uh, contributing his two cents. Uh, there, there's a lot to this, so uh, we're going to break this down kind of into three segments, what we know what it means, and, and what's next for the Browns. So, Mary Kay, let's get right to it. What, what do we know right now about this Josh Gordon situation? Well, first of all, a dog barking in the, in the <laughs> background is only appropriate for a, for a Browns podcast. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but starting with what we know about the, the Josh Gordon situation. What we know is that uh, he has left the team. I believe he is at uh, the University of Florida or somewhere in, um, in Gainesville. Not that he's there, but that he has been working out there. So he might be back in Gainesville uh, with the same uh, treatment folks that he spent 90 days with when he was there last year. So that we don't know that for sure, um, but that's something that you know I've kind of been surmising from things that I'm seeing. Uh, what we do know is that there is no time frame for his return to the team. Now, if you read his statement, uh, his statement uh, says things like, um, you know, I'm excited to start the season. I, you know, I have every intention of uh, being back as soon as possible and things like that. So he's portraying it as though he will be here for the start of the season. And I think he's being really optimistic about that. And that's great. But, you know, when I talked to Brian McCarthy, uh, the NFL spokesman today, he emphasized over and over that, um, that he was not sure about the time frame, and that it's just completely open-ended right now while they see how Josh Gordon does in his current treatment program. So that's one thing that we know for sure, that there is no, it's not like he has gone away for 30 days and he is coming back on, you know, August 22nd or anything like that. It's nothing like that. This is an open-ended, let's see how it goes and uh, see if we can't get Josh Gordon back on track. Yeah, you mentioned the McCarthy statement, and I'm looking at your article from this morning. Um, and and these were these are the things that I think made some fans concerned uh, when he says there's no timetable for his return. And then he also says, uh, this is from your story. In addition, McCarthy said that Gordon has not been suspended, and that quote will address the matter at the appropriate time. I, I think that line has has fans a little bit nervous. Yeah, and I think what that means is once he goes through the protocol that he has been placed in right now, and I'm guessing it's some kind of extra treatment. Now, maybe it's just an outpatient thing where he's got to be back uh, at sort of near the facility that he was at before. Uh, but whatever they have set forth for him, if he 
follows that to the letter of the law and does what they're asking him to do. And he's been in this situation before. Then, uh, I'm, then I'm sure he'll have to meet with Roger Goodell again and the med medical director will get involved. And then they will decide when he's ready to rejoin the team. So uh, I've tried to, to ask a million different ways. Did he fail a drug test? Is he, is he still facing a possible suspension? All of those things. And, um, and at this point, uh, I've had to just play it really straight because I don't know for sure uh, if there was a violation of the substance abuse program. And there are some gray areas with that too. There's more than just uh, turning up with a positive on your drug test. There are things like, you know, missing a drug test or, or things of those nature. So he, he may not have failed a drug test. And I think you probably saw Adam Schefter reported definitively per source that he did not fail a drug test. But there are other ways to violate the substance abuse program uh, besides failing a drug test. So I don't really know exactly uh, what happened or how he landed in this situation again. Um, but um, they're going to address it the way that they see fit. And in my experience with this whole Josh Gordon situation, they have, they kind of, I don't want to say they make up the rules as they go along, but it, 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 you know what I mean? But it seems as though that Josh Gordon's situation does not follow the policy to the letter of the law, the way that you would think these things would. There are, there have been some gray areas with him. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's been um, maybe some leeway given here. And then, you know, maybe this is the NFL, you know, taking a softer stance against a player that has a lot of potential that they know, you know, frankly could be a star in this league. Um, you know, it, it, it's just interesting to see how this has sort of played out. And uh, to the Browns' credit, they've sort of stood by with Josh Gordon all along the way and just sort of waited him out, even though Hugh Jackson, you know, back in 2016 seemed to close the door on a return you know, that changed after he got to spend some time with Gordon. Yeah, I think the thing um, to note here, and I, I think this signals a, a paradigm shift in the NFL towards, for, towards punishment for this sort of thing to more towards rehabilitation. And I think that's been the case with Josh. And I almost think he's sort of a test case where they're trying to take a young man who's trying to get well and be well, and instead of kicking him out of the league, where he has no support system, where he has no structure and basically no chance of getting back into the league, uh, then instead of doing that, they're, they're trying to reach out and give him the help that he needs. And I almost think that he's also too, in, like he's in a financial situation where, you know, they probably know too that, you know, they can't just keep banishing him without pay and kicking him out. Um, so yeah, I think that this is, the Browns being supportive, it's the NFL being supportive, and and look, we don't know exactly what his latest issues have been, but I think there's probably some thought to the fact that look, if if many of his positive tests have been for marijuana, you know maybe his career should not be over because he has smoked marijuana, which at some point down the road is going to be legal mostly everywhere. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, we have the stories that came out, you know, when he came back about some of the substances he was on. But again, you know, if the tests were for marijuana, that's, that's really what the NFL has to go on, right? Right. I mean, his first positive test was for codeine. And then yeah. you know, we did later come to find out that he was pretty 
addicted to codeine and using it on an everyday basis. But it, it seemed like after that first test, it was mostly about marijuana, but we'll never really know uh, exactly how, how that all went because so much of that information is private. So, you know, we don't know about this. I mean, may, maybe this is a situation where, um, where Josh felt he was in jeopardy of losing his sobriety. And during some of his therapy, counseling sessions, meetings, or whatever the case may be, maybe he opened up about that and said, I don't feel like I'm on solid ground right now. And I feel like I need some more help. Maybe it's something as simple as that. Maybe he stopped short of using anything. And then the other thing is, we don't really know what he's allowed to do or not do. I mean, is, is he allowed to drink alcohol? There was a, at one point in time, he was not. Uh, he was not permitted to do that. And he ended up getting suspended indefinitely because um, that constituted a violation of his treatment program. So is he allowed to do that now? I don't know. I mean, I would think not. And if that's the case, you know, did he admit that he's been, you know, maybe drinking again a little bit and not using marijuana? I, you know, I honestly do not know the answer to any of these questions. I'm just throwing out there possible ways you could get to this point where you feel like you need to step away and get some more help. Yeah. And, and, you know, in that light, it could be a positive for him, obviously, you know, initially you see the news and you're like, Oh, you know, here we go again. But you know, if this is a step in a direction of him being able to stay on the field long-term and, and get his football career and his life, you know, keep those things on track, you know, if, if this just ends up being a blip on the radar, it could be a positive for him. Yeah, it could be. And we don't know how the NFL is going to handle this yet either. I mean, will they, let him come back on a conditional basis where, uh, you know, he can participate in all of training camp, but they're going to make him, you know, maybe sit out a couple of games just uh, so that they are following the policy the way that they need to. You know, we, we don't know yet what is forthcoming. And when, when Brian McCarthy says we will deal with the matter at the appropriate time, that means that none of us know quite exactly where this is going yet and when he's going to get back. Now, I have talked to um, – several people that have expressed optimism that, you know, that he'll be back in, you know, in, in a timely fashion, that he won't miss much time and that this is just an effort to get him back on solid footing and that everything will be okay. But the truth of the matter is in the case of Josh Gordon, nobody can answer that for sure. Even if you think you know the answer to that, you don't because addiction and substance abuse are one day at a time propositions. Josh doesn't even know if he's going to be sober tomorrow. All he has is today, and he'll be the first to admit that. Okay, so, you know, this is, this is a little murkier, obviously, but the next, the next question here is, what's next? So uh, you mentioned some possibilities that maybe he would have to meet with the commissioner. Maybe the league could decide to, to make him sit down for a couple of games. Um, you know, how long do you think this could, this could potentially play out? Well, here, here's one thing that, that I'm of the understanding that he left the team uh, a while ago. And I'm not exactly sure when, but about a month ago, I started seeing and hearing rumblings that, that he had violated the substance abuse policy again. So I was kind of bracing myself for a suspension. I had checked in with the NFL. I had checked in uh, with the Browns several times about this. Uh, I never wrote anything because 
you know, you just can't react to something that appears to be an unsubstantiated rumor on the internet. I mean, if we did that, we would be okay. mis right. Wouldn't we re be reporting misinformation on a daily basis? Yeah. So, you know, we have to apply the old, um, the old school journalism standards to reporting. And so I did everything that I was supposed to do in terms of who I checked in with. And, um, I couldn't come up with anything. I could not come up with anything concrete. Uh, but it was about, I would say, maybe about a month ago where I started hearing these rumors. And Dan, I'm sure you heard them too. And, and anybody that covers the team probably was either getting texts or emails or hearing things from people. And um, so I, he was in Berea and he was working out. The plan that he was that he was going to stay in Berea in this summer break because you know, he knows that he has to stay close to his counselors and his program and his support structure. So, um, and he was doing that up until about a month ago. And then I, I think he left the team. I'm not exactly sure when. Sometime within the last, last month, he, he left the team to go work on his recovery. And so my guess is that he has been somewhere for, you know, he may have, he may have been somewhere for 30 days already. So I don't know, you know, maybe the league said, okay, go back into rehab for 60 days and get yourself where you need to be. And then, you know, we'll reevaluate it after that and see how it goes. You know, I, there was probably something put forth like that. I don't know exactly what it was, um, but I'm guessing that that's what it was. Go, you know, go do what you need to do for however long they think they need, that he needs to do it. A lot of, sometimes there's 28 day programs. Last time he was in, it was for 90 days. And I, again, he, I don't even know. He, he's probably not even an inpatient. He might be just in an outpatient type of thing. Um, so that would be more my guess. And again, a lot of these things I'm saying are guesses, but I have a feeling he's probably in outpatient, but, you know, just maybe back where he spent the 90 days. Because when you commit to a program and the counselors know you and the therapists know you and you've already been through the group therapy there and you've already been through the family therapy there and you have developed relationships with primary caregivers there, that's probably the best place for you to go for your aftercare. So that, that would be my guess, that he is back near that facility in Gainesville uh, receiving sort of a follow-up to his 90-day stint in rehab and depending on how that goes, and the reports that they get from the medical team, uh, that will determine when he comes back. So, uh, you know, for the Browns, uh, look, there's obviously a football element to this, but, but one of the things that, that certainly stood out is, you know, Josh Gordon tweeted out his statement, and it didn't take long for the Browns to have their statement and their move, uh, their move ready to go. So that, to me, tells me that, you know, the Browns have at least been in the loop on this and, and they at least are working from a, a position where they know what's going on with Josh or at least have enough knowledge to know what's going on with Josh to say that they're, you know, sticking by him and, and they're not going to do anything rash right now. Yeah, I mean, they they were kept in the loop about this. They knew that something was going on. And um, and you're right. I think the the reason why they are sticking by him is because they know how hard he's working at this. And sobriety is not an easy thing, especially for young people that have temptations all around them. And also, when you have this long stretch of nothingness in between mini camp and training camp, this is always a tough time for Josh. This is always, always a difficult time for Josh. I think 
the season coming up, I think that sometimes gets in his head a little bit. We know he already admitted in the GQ article that he had never played a game sober before the last five games that he played in in 2017. Um, and that says that, that he gets, that he feels the pressure. Now, whether that's anxiety or whatever you want to call it, uh, he feels some kind of pressure when the season approaches. And I think he is expected to be the Josh Gordon of 2013. He vowed to be that. He vowed to come back and make a big splash. He put some, you know, some rather large statements out there, including that we're the best receiving core in the NFL. And I think he was ready to, um, you know, to try to help live up to that. But then I think the pressure starts to kick in. And, and he, his whole coping mechanism, I'm sorry I'm turn, turning into an armchair therapist here, but, <laughs> um, but his co- whole coping mechanism, and we know this from articles that we have read and, and in-depth interviews that he's given, ever since the time he was in middle school, his coping mechanism were substances. That's what he's done. I mean, he admitted that, you know, every day, and I think it was high school or maybe even junior high school, that, you know, he was drinking, you know, purple drank or whatever you call it with, you know, the codeine in it. That's serious stuff. That That's a serious addiction. And that's, uh, you know, getting away from your feelings. So I think that uh, sometimes in Josh's case, when the season starts to approach and the pressure starts to come on, he starts to feel it. Now, maybe, maybe he caught it in time before he relapsed. Maybe he went to them and said, I don't feel right. And I, I got to do something about it. And if he did, and he, and that's amazing. That's a, an amazing step of, of maturity and recovery and growth. If you can stop yourself before you use the substances that have gotten you so much in, into trouble in your life. Yeah. And then, and then from, from the Browns perspective too, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this today, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe not this specific instance, but look, when you take this on, you know, back last year when they decided to welcome Josh Gordon back and, and take on his recovery, they became kind of active participants in that recovery. And part of that is maybe dealing with him saying, hey, I'm not going to be there the, the first days of training camp because I've got to take care of something. I've, I've got to get myself right mentally uh, so he can be in that setting. Because once you get into that football grind, I mean, it is every day, it, and, and it is relentless. And, and the Browns sort of have to be prepared to deal with that if they're really going to continue down this road with Josh Gordon. Yeah, it, and it's such a tough thing. It's such a tough thing because anybody that really, you know, knows Josh Gordon and has worked with him over the years, I mean, he really is a very thoughtful, deep, uh, engaging, charismatic young man. He's got great friends on the team. People love him. Uh, I think that. Uh, D and Jimmy Haslam in particular have developed a very close relationship with Josh Gordon. I think that they are committed to helping him and I applaud them for that. I really, really applaud them for that because of course there are not a, a ton of teams or at least not every team in the NFL would have stuck by Josh Gordon this long. I mean, every at any point, anything could have been the last straw and they just keep coming back and supporting him. And then there's another person who has been in his camp uh, in the Browns organization, and that is Jim Brown. He has really gone to bat. He's taken Josh Gordon under his wing. He has done everything that he can uh, to fight for him and help this young man who wants to get well have the opportunity to do so to the point where I'm pretty sure that he 
either spoke directly with Roger Goodell or had some involvement with the league office in in helping Josh Gordon get back onto this football team. And then you move on to Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey. Well, we've already seen, we know that Hugh Jackson, um, Hugh Jackson has sympathy and an understanding for this sort of thing. He worked with a lot of these kind of guys in Cincinnati uh, where the Bengals often take on people that have issues and try to do the best that they can to keep those guys on the field and on the straight and narrow. And then the same thing with John Dorsey. John Dorsey believes in second chances, third chances. And uh, so I think that has been a big, huge factor in all of this, that you have uh, so many people in the Browns organization that feel that Josh Gordon is a person and a career worth, worth saving. Okay, so now, uh, you know, on the football field, of course, there is a trickle-down effect because Josh Gordon was penciled in as your number one wide receiver. Um, you know, we're a long ways from the start of the season, and, and we know that Josh Gordon has the ability to step on the football field and impact the game without necessarily getting all those practice reps and, and getting all that practice time. But, you know, there is a little bit of a trickle-down effect. Now the spotlight is a little hotter on Corey Coleman uh, to step up. You know, Jarvis Landry... We've talked about this in the past, how the Browns, you know, you talked about in our last podcast, how, how the Browns appear to be ready to use Jarvis Landry more on the outside. That that could become more of a factor uh, if Gordon is, if Gordon does end up missing time once the season starts. Um, what What is the football impact of this for the Browns? Well, it's tremendous. I mean, you just don't take a Josh Gordon out of the lineup and replace him easily at all. And he was slated to be basically uh, the number one receiver. And then you've got Jarvis Landry, uh, who is also, like we said, starting on the outside opposite him in two wide receiver sets. What we had been seeing in minicamp, maybe in part because Antonio Callaway was suffering with a groin injury, we had been seeing then uh, Corey Coleman come in in three wides, moving to the outside uh, with Josh also on the outside, and then Jarvis Landry moving into the slot. So that's what we had been seeing in three wides. Now, how would that have been impacted if Antonio Callaway had been healthy? I'm not sure. I think he uh, will be pressing Corey Coleman or would have been pressing Corey Coleman for some playing time. Uh, but now they've got to see how, how he's going, how he's doing. And, you know, he's another player that came in with some baggage, comes in with a strike against him, had the diluted, dilute sample, that, as they call it, uh, the dilute sample at the combine, meaning that, uh, there was too much water in the urine sample, and some some people do that to um, you know to beat a drug test. So he's coming in with the strike against him as well. And I remember everybody always saying, "Well, well could this be the best re- receiving core in the NFL?" And I have always consistently said on this podcast and everywhere else uh, that you know it, it could either be really good if Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway are around, or it could be you know, not quite as good if those guys are not around. So what has to happen now is Corey Coleman, you know, he's already been told it's a make or break year for you. Well, now he's really got to step it up. And when I say step it up, I mean, watch film, work overtime, figure out what Jerry Rice used to do to be uh, the best receiver in the NFL and go do those kinds of things. Uh, He needs to just work relentlessly tirelessly to live up to his first round status and then Antonio Callaway same thing he has got to uh, make sure that he 
does everything that he needs to do to stick with his program because he, you know, he has some kind of a program now that he has to adhere, adhere to. If those two guys can step up and, and fill in some of these gaps, then it won't be as catastrophic. But it is a difficult thing to not have a Josh Gordon around. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's certainly, you know, that, that, that's, again, the, the challenge with, uh, with Josh Gordon because it is, as you said, day-to-day. Um, so, you, you know, you've got to – you have to have some contingency plans, and, and hopefully the Browns have had that. And, you know, look, if this thing lasts two weeks or, heck, even two or three preseason games, I, I don't think it ends up being that big of a deal because, like I said, we've seen that Josh Gordon can still have an impact without the reps – uh, but but it's when it starts getting a little bit closer to September that I think you start to get a little more concerned. Well, that's very true. And the other thing to remember, and, and before I forget, I'm going to throw this in here, that they are going to be working out Eli Rogers this week. Yeah. I think that is tomorrow. Former Steelers receiver, Todd Haley's very familiar with him. He knows Todd Haley's system. He knows the terminology. So it would be an easy transition for him to step right in to this offense and probably uh, get some playing time. So uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But I think, you know, as the week goes along, they might have uh, another receiver on the roster. Um, But uh, the thing to remember about this is that even when he does come back, you know, he's not cured. There's no cure for this. Uh, You know, even if he came back, you know, the first week of the season and was there against the Steelers, it's still a one day at a time proposition with Josh Gordon. And you never really know if, if he's going to make it through the season. He hasn't played a full season since he was a rookie in 2012. So uh, to think that you're going to have him for all 16 games, well, it would be tremendous for the Browns if they did. But they have to plan for almost now at this point for him being uh, a bonus for them. All right, so uh, that is our special edition uh, Josh Gordon podcast here uh, on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We will be in Berea on Wednesday for uh, availability with Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey. That, of course, just got a little bit more interesting. Uh, And then training camp opens uh, on Thursday. So it is officially training camp week. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and also brand new uh, subscribe to us on Spotify. So I know a lot of you like, like to listen to podcasts on Spotify. So uh, check us out there. Just search for Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. Uh, Mary Kay, it is training camp week. So uh, I will see you in person on Wednesday. And we'll have plenty, plenty more podcasts throughout all of training camp. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>